Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Big Ten Preview and Projection Show. For Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network, I am Luke Giardi, joined by Anthony Broom. Here with you on August 9th, and we are taking a look at who you ranked the number three team in the Big Ten here for show 11, the Penn State Nittany Lions, the Fighting Franklins. We're going to be doing Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State this week. We're saving Michigan for last. Anthony and I are going to be doing a deep dive who you picked to finish fifth or the fifth best Big Ten team here this year. Michigan, we're saving for last. Going to do a much more in-depth one on that, targeting August 23rd to do that one. But we do got the Nittany Lions here to kick off the week, Anthony. We do. Um, That's a big um to start things off. That's not a good sign for me, but yeah, it's, we're getting to the Penn state doesn't excite you. Hey, (laughs) well, I was (laughs) see the pause happen. I'm trying to be better about pauses and completing thoughts and not rambling. The pause happened because I was about to make like a Detroit lions fan joke. I was going to say, Oh, well, I'm a fan of the lions, but not these lions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that. So that's where the brain fart came from. And, and in trying to complete thoughts, what I've done is ramble here the first couple seconds I'm on the show, but yeah, we're show 11 team 12. That sounds right to me. We will be doing the Michigan preview on August 23rd, a bigger extended version of this. These are kind of bite-sized previews for everyone else. We want you to be been fun though. They have been. And, you know, we, we've done we've done research and it's helped for us to be able to talk about these teams. But we've also when you look through it, too, and you're recording live, like you learn a couple of things, too. 
especially, you know, pouring through the schedules and mm-hmm. you know, the over-unders. Ooh, which Can't wait and, to talk about this schedule, man. Yeah, I saw your tweet from earlier in the day. That you're, you're really interested in seeing how this one shakes out. And I am, too. This was a very Jekyll and Hyde Penn State team last year. A lot of in a lot of ways, I don't want to say they mirror Michigan as a program, but I think people are kind of maybe annoyed with James Franklin in that fan base now, just as people mm-hmm. are annoyed with Jim Harbaugh. Both teams had pretty putrid seasons last year. One you know, Michigan goes two and four. Penn State starts 0-5, wins the last four games. Like, what do you take out of that? We talked about, to, to a much lesser extent, how a team like Iowa last year started 0-2 and, and then finished the year 6-2. and This wasn't quite that type of turnaround for them. But Penn State, I mean, that was a team last year that when you looked at the 2019 team that they had, they were bringing most of those guys back. So before COVID was a thing and before that happened, there were people going, that might be a team that can – contend in the big 10 East and push Ohio state. And what wound up happening was they lose to Indiana the first week of the year. And it kind of just set a tone for what the next month of the season would be. So they were one of the few teams in the conference that actually played all nine games that were scheduled. So good for them in that regard, the stats. I mean, we'll go through there. The rankings we'll go through that. They weren't terrible. Um, The one that keeps rearing its ugly head. I'm excited to talk about, but yeah, this is a really interesting all of the headlines are about Jim Harbaugh and can he rebound from last year? Can he get the program back on track? It doesn't seem like there's as much national talk about James Franklin. And maybe that's because he's been to Indy and has beaten Ohio state. I mean, that's the biggest difference, right? But in a lot of ways, th- these two programs, when you look at Michigan, who we'll talk about in a couple of weeks and in this Penn state program that we talk about tonight, pretty similar scenarios in terms of this year being, a pretty big one for what the narrative looks like moving forward. And I should say this too, James Franklin has a massive buyout. So Michigan, like if these, if things go South for either program, Michigan has a lot easier time getting away from Harbaugh than Penn state will have a Franklin. But Mm -hmm. as we've seen, we thought that COVID would destroy the ability for some of these rich boosters to pay buyouts and get rid of their coaches. That didn't kill it. Like we saw with what happened at, uh, at Texas and some of those other big schools down south. Well, the thing about COVID is that a lot of those rich boosters got richer. Well, that's a that's a class and politics thing that we're not really prepared to talk about tonight. So, but yeah, I mean, if, if they if they really wanted to get rid of James Franklin, which this isn't where we're start. I mean, I guess technically where we're starting tonight. But if they really wanted to, they will they would find a way. But other than that, these two programs, Michigan, Penn State, because we do kind of view these the state of all these teams through a Michigan lens. It's pretty fascinating to see this, what the similarities are. Yeah. I mean, last year, like you said, four and five after starting zero and five, not exactly sure. There was like two different teams out there, but the last five years, 46 and 16, this is, this is James Franklin's eighth year at Penn state, which kind of blew my mind. He's 60 and 28 at Penn state. He's 84 and 43 overall as a head coach. I mean, he he's done a good job, but he's had like some disappointing years. I don't know. The James Franklin experience is a wild one, man, to be quite honest with you. Uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Yurkich, he comes over from Texas. He was the offensive coordinator last year. Also uh, spent some time at Ohio State in 2019 as the passing game coordinator and the uh, QB coach. And then they bring back Brent Pry as the defensive coordinator. He's been there since 2016. 
So this, this offense, man, you know, that last year kind of disappointed a little bit, at least for the first five games, uh, bringing in a new offensive coordinator had to, had to go out and get someone else. Yeah. And they had some opt-outs. I mean, there were injuries, there were opt-outs. Again, we talked mm-hmm. about the similarities with Michigan. They didn't have their best player. Micah Parsons didn't play last year. Who now plays for your Dallas Cowboys. Oddly he enough, does. recovered he does. a fumble in the hall of fame game. Yeah. People don't talk about that enough. How Luke Yardy was super pleased on draft night. when We did the live <laughs> stream at that pick. Um, I was oh, they, thrilled. <laughs> they had injuries, you know, turnovers. I, I kind of hinted at this earlier. You look at some of the rankings and stats and, and, and they weren't terrible. Some of them were pedestrian, but turnover margin minus seven on the year, 112th nationally. Which is like, look at if you go back to the shows that we did with like Iowa and uh, some of these other schools that that people had ranked high, Indiana was one of them. Turnover margin was was like up there, like plus seven, plus 11, you know, Penn State minus seven in the turnover margin last year. Yeah. And it's an interesting juxtaposition, too, with something you've talked about when I bring up that stat during this series is that, well, you know, year to year, that's not. There, that's a high variance statistic year to year. It doesn't, you know, it can change big time, but for a program like Penn state, like I said, where you, you have a disastrous start to the year and, and you have a season you weren't expecting to like, it's a high variance statistic that honestly altered the outcome of the season for them. You know, starting with that game at Indiana, they lose in overtime controversial. And that, ending. and that doesn't count even like missing the easy kicks that they missed in the Indiana game. Like that's pretty much a turnover too, you know? Yeah. This was very much a snake bitten football team last year. And it started right off the bat. You had a, a, a loss at Indiana. It was the first time that Indiana had ever beaten Michigan and Penn state in the same season last year. So that's, that just tells you the type of wacky, again, I'll use the term high variant season that was had. So you know, I look at this team and there's same deal as Michigan. There's talent on both sides of the ball. I think they missed an opportunity last year to be much better than they were because of what was on the roster. But again, because of injuries, because of opt-outs, it just seems like if you're asking me today, who's, whose crappy season do we put more stock into in terms of what it means for 2021? I think a lot of what Penn State dealt with was bad luck. Whereas what Michigan dealt with was all of these kind of thousand paper cut things that finally Mm -hmm. developed into a flesh wound. And it took the the pandemic was the kindling that lit the fire for that. But what Michigan went through last year was a lot of stuff that had been building to that. I think what Penn state went through was just honestly just a weird year. Like how often, how often are you going to lose to Indiana and Maryland and Nebraska in the same year? I mean, you even win one of those games and maybe we're talking about Penn state a little bit differently this season or coming into this season. Now I don't know in terms of what it means for, I mean, we'll get into this, the schedule, which I know you, you think is tough, but maybe, maybe we pivot now to what is on the roster this year. Well, I, I, they don't lose much here. That's the thing, man. They lose Pat Fryermuth. He was a second round pick to the Steelers. He had 310 yards and a touchdown, you know, as, as their tight end last year. Then they lose Shaka Tony, their defensive end that led the team in sacks with five. He was a seventh round pick to Washington. Other than that, man, they don't really lose a whole lot. They're bringing back Sean Clifford. They're bringing back Jahan Dotson. They're bringing back Mike Miranda, their center. Like they, they got a lot returning, but kind of similar to what you pointed out. 
they they kind of returned a lot last year too. So I'm not really sure what to make of it all. Yeah, that's coaching, right? You have to. (laughs) And I don't know how much of last year I put on James Franklin. Like, is it right? Something I I don't know if this is hot takey or not, but I feel like a lot of programs cultures showed themselves last year, especially when it comes to after everything that was going wrong with the world. Once you get punched in the face on the football field, how do you respond to that? We know that Michigan didn't respond to it. Well, I hate that I keep bringing that up, but these two teams and their outlook for this year in, in the East is so kind of tied together because we assume that Ohio State is going Here's to the thing, too, for Penn State and, and Michigan, and we'll talk about them, is having – like it's crazy to, to say that this is a big factor, but Penn State kind of got blown out at home to Ohio State. That probably happens regardless – but right. losing to Maryland and Iowa at home, like at home, the yeah. no fans absolutely played a part And happy Valley. It, I mean, that is a huge factor. I literally just watched a video on tw- Twitter. If you remember Michigan having to take a timeout to begin the game in happy Valley oh, in 2019, God. you know, like, like the crowd plays a role in, in, in happy Valley and in the big house, these teams are historically, especially under their respective coaches, much better at home than we see on the road. And I do think that was a huge part of last year. And like you said, it kind of shows the culture of the program a little bit, you know, because it, you think about it, it's, it's pretty much a neutral site game at that point, you know? And if you can't, you can't get the job done. You're, you're just not that good of a, a football team, you know, man, to man, mano, mano, no fans, all things being pretty much equal you get beat, but all of a sudden the fans, the atmosphere, just everything. I think that plays a huge role in, in all of this, man. That's why I don't know how much stock I, I put into 2020. Yeah, it was, I think just a lack of, lack of focus in general. We talked about the turnover margin. I mean, they lost eight fumbles last year and the, the turnover margin was, was minus seven. So to me, a fumble is a, you know, interception, things can happen. It could be a bad read. It could be a tipped ball. It could be someone runs the wrong route. To me, a fumble is a lack. That's a lack of focus turnover. And again, it just kind of speaks to when, when things get difficult, your culture kind of shows itself. So fumbles loss is also a really weird thing. Like interceptions, that one has a little less variance to it. Like a quarterback throws a lot of interceptions. That's generally just who the quarterback is. Fumbles lost, man. Whoever's in the right place at the right time. You got a bunch of guys that are, you know, scrambling for the football, or it could be JK Dobbins where it bounces back to you like a basketball and you just keep on oh running. God. <laughs> you know, you got to like, do that one here. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. Fumbles loss is a, that one is a little more variance than it is interceptions. Sean Clifford, he threw nine of them last year. So he's, he's a little bit turnover prone, but I mean, yeah, that, like you said, it's a, it's a loss of focus and it's a right place or wrong place, wrong time sort of thing. Yeah. You know, what bothers me the most about this Penn state team and I'm, it's going to loop back to Michigan, but you know, we talk about Michigan as being a program that I think when you look at what their biggest weakness is going into this upcoming season to me, to me, it's the back end of that defense and Mm -hmm. two, two of the top four recruits that Penn state brings in are defensive backs out of Detroit, Uh, Kobe King and and Jalen Reed. Uh, I know King was a cast tech guy. I can't remember if Reed was or not, but you know, those, it just, because those guys are going to probably play this year too. 
know Kobe or uh, Kalen King is someone that uh, I think at some point is going to wind up being a pretty good player. And, and his brother Kobe is a linebacker who's also uh, with Penn State. It's just like I have to deal with that too when we compare these two teams, and it, it's so it's so frustrating. Were you surprised at at their ranks last year, particularly defensively? Like this was a top twenty defense in the country. I don't think I I didn't really realize that last year. Yeah, scoring defense, they were 55th, but rushing 26th, fourth in the Big Ten. Uh, they were 24th in passing. That was good for second in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Even the offensive numbers, they were second in the Big Ten in offense. They were third in scoring, fourth in passing, fifth in rushing. Like, well, how it, often are you going to see the the 55th ranked scoring defense be 17th ranked in total offense? How much does the turnovers have to do with that? You know. Yeah, short fields, of course. And that's where, like I said, when we try to get to the bottom of what happened to this team last year, it really just seems like it was a lack of focus and and a a culture that went sideways. So I Mm. hate to keep bringing Michigan into this, but a lot of Michigan problems, like Michigan had similar problems like that, but a lot of their woes were kind of schematic and and talent deficiencies. So in, in some pretty critical errors. So I don't know. The the ingredients are there for them to turn this, this ship around, but it just kind of is, is James Franklin still the guy? I mean, his blunders at this point in terms of clock management are are pretty well stated and pretty hilarious Mm -hmm. too, objectively speaking, but is this program still bought in on that guy? Or is that someone who his shtick is maybe run pretty thin there? That's the, that's the biggest question to me right now. Yeah. And I mean, he's won a lot, you know, that that's the thing. So, but he, he does seem like the, I don't, I don't know. He, he's just different. Like you said, no one really talks about James Franklin a whole lot. Everyone's just like, like yeah, everything I see is about Jim Harbaugh, but they've had very similar tenures other than Penn state in 2016, probably objectively the third best team in the big 10 East winning the conference that year. Yeah. That that's that's the yeah. difference is that he's he's right. been there and got it done. That's it. That's yeah. 100%, and, and he deserves man. credit. I should say too. He deserves credit for that. You, you do get credit for yeah, that. absolutely. And um, he's got a couple eleven win seasons. But at the same time, like th- they haven't. I, I feel like you, you know when you look at it, like Harbaugh, he's had to cross over, played Wisconsin. I think damn near every year he's been the head coach. James Franklin's only played Wisconsin, you know, once or twice in the last five years. That's a huge crossover game for for a team that's been very good out in the West. Now they've played Iowa a few times, but I, I feel like schedule making with the crossover games has a, has a lot to do with the difference between a 10 and 11 win year too. It does, and. They should have done much more with Saquon Barkley than they did. I felt like they missed that, missed a little bit of an opportunity. Namely that year after, was it 2017 where everyone from that team came back? That could mm-hmm. have been a playoff team and, and they kind of, they did struggle at times, but lest we forget. That was a weird year for that, man. Like they, they got up on Ohio State and kind of squandered that in the fourth quarter. They absolutely rocked Michigan Sox in the night game. I remember that was a horrible one to watch. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, James Franklin's 60 and, and 28 there. I, I don't know. I know that that place is still going to be incredibly difficult to play. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that Michigan game is going to be a black or a whiteout game at night. I thought I saw that they announced it for the Auburn game, maybe, or Indiana, one of those two. But 
we'll see. Uh, November 13th is going to be, let, let's get into the schedule. I don't, I don't know if they're allowed to have it uh, for the Michigan game because unless the big 10 changed their rules, they, they weren't supposed to, at least when they started, they, it was no night games in November, but maybe that's, that's changed. Well, we'll see. I could be wrong. Maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, yeah, so looking at the schedule here. So uh, according to Phil Steele, this is the number 21 hardest schedule in the country. And I was looking at it today for the first time, man. And not only, you know, are you playing Auburn in the non-conference? That one kind of stood out to me a little bit. You're two of your three crossover games. You have to go to Wisconsin and you have to go to Iowa. This is a brutal, brutal schedule outside of the big 10 East. You're playing at Iowa, at Wisconsin, home to Auburn in three of those non-Big Ten East games. And then you have to play in one of the hardest divisions in the country on top of that. Yeah, this is a this is probably an eight and four team. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're doing the Michigan episode already. But to me, this looks like it's probably an eight and four football team. I mean, at Wisconsin, I think that that's that's another team. You know, Wisconsin was another team that I thought was pretty obviously they had the co- a couple covid outbreaks but a team that went 3 weeks without playing at one point and and that was the, outside of hammering michigan they never really got it going but i think that they'll they'll kind of regress back to what they are uh, you know regression to the mean so to speak so i don't think penn state's beaten wisconsin Auburn will take see. down ball state, you know, but I, I don't know about Auburn, you, you know, new coach there or whatever, but there's a ton of talent on that team. Yeah. That's an SEC team. And, and we know those are hashtag built differently. Right. So yeah, right. they get Indiana at home. They go to Iowa at Ohio state at Maryland, who Maryland, no Maryland beat them last year. So that's going to yeah. be a confident Maryland team, Michigan Rutgers at Michigan state. Well, what's our what's our over under here? I don't have it. Over under is at nine, is what I saw today. Nine? Yes. <sighs> FanDuel's got him at nine, and I I'm taking the under on that just because of the murderer schedule. I mean, I, I'm seeing guaranteed wins, ball state, Villanova, Illinois, Rutgers, Michigan State. And I put Maryland on there, and that only gets me to six that I'm, you know, somewhat confident that they could get. How do they get four more on that schedule? How do they get to 10? Oh man, I guess, I mean, maybe Michigan could be one. Do we, do we have faith that Michigan can go there? And, and I don't know if I have, I have a ton of faith, but even then that gets them to seven. See, yeah. CBS sports have, has them at nine wins or over under at nine as well. And they're making it seem like the over nine is like a great bet. Man, I, uh, if they okay, if if Penn State gets to ten, James Franklin deserves all that money, man. That is it's a dramatic. I, I understand they have a lot coming back. Uh, Sean Clifford's fantastic. Jahan Dotson, he he was great. Eight hundred eighty four yards, eight touchdowns last year. Second team All Big Ten center Mike Miranda coming back. You got some elite defenders coming back, but that I mean that schedule is just ridiculous. It's not uh, even that you're playing, not even that you're just playing Wisconsin and Iowa. You can't even give me, you have to go to both places and you have to go to Wisconsin week one when you're probably not going to be a hundred percent, you know, cohesive and firing on all cylinders. You got to go to a road game there. You can't even give me a point five somewhere, whether it's nine and a half or eight and a, eight and a half. That's what's, that's what's hurting me right now. 
And you know damn well Iowa's going to be a night game for Penn State coming in. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Mm, this is the longest I've stalled during this segment, but I I have to take the They're under. much more likely eight and four than ten and two to me. Yeah, I have to take the under here. I, I don't I'm not as confident as the books are that they'll beat Auburn or Indiana or Iowa or Michigan for that Michigan State for that matter. So I'll take I'll take the under. They're going eight and four. I don't really it's funny. The narrative is going to be that all of these teams are uh, that Ohio State's right for the picking in the Big Ten East, and that all these teams are going to be jockeying to kind of knock them off. But I still think Ohio State could probably lose a game somewhere in conference play and still win the Big Ten East by two games. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going under here. Yep, eight and under four. for me for sure. So it's the first time we've agreed on that in a while. I think so. Yeah, there's been I'm, enough variance here. I'm interested in the next couple of shows here on the over-unders. Yeah, the next the next few, uh, like I said, we will do Wisconsin, Wisconsin after this, Ohio State after this, and then Michigan will be our last show of the year, which will be a little more of an extended preview. Um, yep. To give us, really, what it really is, is to give me time to land on my prediction because we still have, you know, 26 days till game day as we're, as we're recording this and I still, there's still so much I don't know about that team. So, right. Yeah. By the way, I also want to want to know that our over under bets are our literal bets here. Like there is a, there's probably a better chance of not this team ends up at like nine and three, you know, and then we push, but I think it's just far likelier they're eight and four than 10 and two. Well, we got to go one way or another. I mean, this is, this is the one, this is the one that we've done this entire time that I would say, like, if I, if push was an option, I would be smashing, Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's why there was a three-way line on that or something, you know? Yeah, that's, that's fine. See what the the objective here isn't that you win this bet. The objective is that you win more of them than you lose from this entire series. So, cause then you will have made money from listening to this and, and, and we're giving it, here's the thing. We're giving you this series for free. But if you listen to us, you could win money. So we're there's a spin zone here. We're paying you to listen to our show. So that's why you should keep listening. Absolutely. And we're like Anthony said, we're going to be taking a look at Wisconsin in the next episode here. And you can check out our other 10 shows that Ooh. we've done here to wear, Anthony. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Blim Blam, um, Zooper, I don't know. Some other made up. Are they real? I'm sure. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making <laughs> stuff up at this point. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are our, all the uh, the real legit ones from there. Uh, consult a doctor or your podcast expert. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you can follow me <laughs> on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Mason Brew is wherever you get your social media. Please leave us a five-star review, some good feedback. We always appreciate that. Uh, join our Discord server. Like I said, the links to all of that stuff is going to be in the description below. So that's my Penn State under. That is Penn State. I'm Luke Yardy. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to check out those other episodes and make sure to stay tuned for the Wisconsin episode. For Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next time on the Big Ten Previews and Projection Show.